Cook's teachings. Again, it's a, just a part of um, of one of the the the, the articles. And uh, we're going to do it in English because, uh, in terms of time, and uh, Rav Cook's his his he's poetic, and his sentences tend to be sometimes very long, and and so you really have to hold your head together to stay in touch with what he's saying. So, but if you can master his style, the content is so incredible. But uh, there are people that are uh, attempting to. To translate it, so I, for for the sake of today, to kind of get to the concept, we're gonna we're gonna look at um, the English. So yesterday we actually worked predominantly on the the, the first uh, paragraph. We're gonna read it quickly. The concept of serving Hashem, when it is defined in lowly terms, corresponding to a person's limited understanding of what he means by Hashem, it is a service of a slave. When a person has an a primitive understanding of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, then that colors everything relating to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And, and, and all the more so when we talk about serving a Kaddish Baruch Hu, who is this God that you're serving? And if you have this really primitive understanding of Kaddish Baruch Hu, then it sounds like it's some kind of service of a slave. That there's some being over there that is very dominant and, 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 and very hungry for power and demanding our obedience and, uh, and just do it. And that's all that matters. Be his slave. It rises in stature to the same extent as his understanding of Hashem will rise. The more you evolve and develop a more sophisticated orientation to what do you mean when you say Hashem, well, then that will flow into a more evolved, sophisticated understanding of what a vote as Hashem means. And it won't be in the vote of a slave. If a person should reach a state where his moral and intellectual powers have been duly developed in accordance with his potentialities, the cultural climate of his time, yet his understanding of Hashem remains on a low plane, then there will necessarily emerge into him a fierce opposition to the whole idea of serving Hashem. In other words, if we're in a generation that people are sophisticated, people are capable of abstract thinking, but they're still hearing a narrative about Hashem that's childish, they're going to fight you. And this was a very big um, um, issue that Rav Cook brings in, in in numerous places. That people are ready for more, they're ready for something deeper, and you're still talking to them about Hashem the same way you talked to them when they were in grade two. You talk to them the same way. And, and, but they're not in grade two anymore. And it's interesting because, you know, in my book, The Secret Life of God, I would think my book, for Secret Life of God, would, would be for adults. Uh, I, I met a girl that's 12 years old. She, met, she read The Secret Life of God. And she really seemed to have understood it. So people are really very bright and very capable of deep thinking and if you're Torah and, and they're hearing deep thinking from other places in fact somebody was in my class yesterday when I mentioned how many Jews are into Buddhism and he said to me that his mother's a Buddhist she's Jewish but she's immersed in Buddhism and his mother told him that she has never met a Buddhist teacher yet that's not Jewish that's how many Jews are into Buddhism 
because they have a thirst for deep understanding. Buddhism is offering them an understanding that at least, I guess, is more satisfactory spiritually and in terms of intellectually. And it became very, very popular. And if we're talking a language that still sounds like what I heard in Hebrew school, people just don't respond to that. In fact, they will react to that. Just like one of the boys in Yeshiva on the application, we used to ask them, no longer, but in the application we used to ask them, if you could get one question answered this year in Yeshiva, what would that be? So one boy wrote, I would like to know why Hashem created the world. I asked my Rebbe, and he said, because Hashem wants us to worship Him. And I, do, I just don't find that satisfactory. I can't understand a God that creates a world so that people would worship Him. Well, what's that supposed to mean? You know, Hashem is this almighty actor. But an actor needs a theater. Let there be a theater. And the theater, he needs an audience. Snaps his finger, let there be an audience. And now he commands them, thou shalt clap, or you will be punished. Well, what, what kind of, what is this? What, what kind of Kodesh Baruch do you think? Now, I know where that Rav got that from. Shakol Baruch Everything was created for his cover. But wait a second. We know that a road of kavod is a bad midah. And now we're, we're, we're applying such a bad midah to a Kodesh Baruch Well, he's a Kodesh Baruch he, he, He's allowed to be a road of kavod. What does that mean? These are very deep sukim that, that require deep thought. What does this actually mean? So the boy said, you know, I was not happy with the answer. Turned me off. So I tried to come up with my own answer. And the only answer I've come up with is Hashem created the world because he's bored. And I'm not happy with that answer either. So, number two, the only remedy to overcome this is to elevate his concept of Hashem through deep feeling and comprehensive understanding of ever-increasing scope, at least paralleling his other perceptions of the great and the sublime. We have people that are deep philosophers and, and, and brilliant scientists and then they hear Torah and it sounds like uh, the same stuff they got in Hebrew school when they were kids. It's, it's, it's Mamish Achilo of, of Torah. The affirmation of Hashem, however, is preliminary to everything else. When I evoke the name of Hashem, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havugodel Eloheinu, when I mention the name of God, then I should ascribe the greatness of God. And when I say the name God, people should be inspired by the greatness of God. And yet people have an understanding of God that seems, he seems so petty. He seems so egotistical. As I mentioned, there's a book called God, a biography, written by a fellow who read the Tanakh with no Midrash, no background. He just, he just read the Tanakh. And, and based on the Tanakh, he described... The, the, the biography of God. And it's terrible. God just can't get his act together. He creates a world. They're constantly rebelling. He doesn't know what to do. He wipes them all out. And then he feels bad that he did it. He says, okay, I won't do that again. And Hashem comes across, really, terrible, in this book. And he won a prize for the book. So, what kind of God are you talking about? A friend of mine 
in in their in her son's school, which is a pluralistic school. In grade six, they had a debate: Is God a murderer? A debate in grade six. So half the class took the position to defend God; the other class was the prosecuting that God is a murderer. God lost the case. God lost the case. God was a murderer. Why don't you have some shirim? Or what do you even mean when you say God? Now that we already assume we know what that means. And now we're going to debate whether he's a murderer or not. Crazy. This is insane. So, so Rav Cook, really, so much of what he did is he really redeems the Kodesh Baruch Hu from primitive thinking. And Rav Cook says there are heretics that are true believers. And there are believers that are true heretics. There are believers that are talking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu in a way that, what are you saying? That is so, so off. That's heresy what you're saying about a Kodesh Baruch Hu. But they're so convinced that they know a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And then there's people who say, I don't believe in Kodesh Baruch Hu. But that's because the Kaddish Baruch they think they're supposed to believe in is such an insult to their insult to their intelligence that when they say they don't believe in Kaddish Baruch that's actually an act of emuna. that if there is a God he must be much greater than the kind of things you're saying about him okay so then what is the proper way to serve Hashem that's number three as long as the concept of serving Hashem is defined as a service to, directed to a particular being dissociated from the acknowledgement of the ideals which are an integral part of the very essence of the service it will not free itself from the immature outlook which is always focused on particular beings the mature outlook calls for the formulation of divine ideals to refine them to try and strengthen them to actualize them in the life of the individual of the nation of the world what is Rav Cook saying here? Most people are fixated on the persona of a Kaddish Baruch. And I'm serving him. He's a particular being. And my service is to placate him. Or appease him. Or win him over. Get him on my side. That's that that's that's a of Vodazara to think that way about a Kodesh Baruch. I, I'm I'm manipulating him with my mitzvahs. I'm buying his favor, and so they're 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 so wrapped up in the persona of God as a being, a particular being, and and that I do mitzvahs to make him happy. And I've heard this. I heard a Rav who was the head of a of a of a Kiruv center say that that the, the mission of a Yid living Torah is to make Hashem happy. Make Hashem happy. Hashem's not happy. He needs me to make Him happy. I got to give up a double cheeseburger that I could get at McDonald's for 99 cents with a Ronnie McDonald mug as a gift. I mean, he made me Jewish. I can't help myself. I want a good deal. That makes him happy. Well, what kind of God do you believe in? Rav Cook says, let's go back, as long as the concept of serving Shem is defined as a service directed to a particular being, dissociate from the acknowledgement of the ideals 
which are an integral part of the very essence of the service. What does he mean by that? You see, in your relationship to me, I become a rabbi. So, and I'm only a rabbi relative to you. When you walk out of the room, I'm no longer a rabbi. So rabbi is an attribute that becomes manifest by virtue of your relationship to me. So if you were serving Rabbi David Aaron, what that would actually mean is you're not serving me because you don't know me. You will never know me. You can only know me relative to you and the me that's relative to you is really created in many ways by you in that relationship. Rabbi David Aaron only exists in the minds of his students. Objectively, I'm not a rabbi. It's only relative to you. Subjectively, I'm a rabbi. So if you were serving Rabbi David Aaron, what that would mean is you'd be serving to bring more wisdom in the world because that's what rabbis are about. It's not about let's make David happy. If I'm in service of Rabbi Aaron, that would mean that I would be serving to disseminate wisdom in the world. The ideal of wisdom. If you have a relationship and that's your father, well, objectively, the man's not a father. He's only a father relative to you in your subjective world. So when you serve your father, you're not serving the particular man. You're serving what the man represents in his relation to you, which is the compassion of a father. So then serving your father would mean serving to bring more fatherly compassion to the world. And therefore, serving Hashem means to bring the ideals of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in the world that you experience by virtue of your connection to Him. When I meet a Kaddish Baruch Hu, how will I know I've met a Kaddish Baruch Hu? You know, how do I know I met a rabbi? Because I experience wisdom within myself. He must be a rabbi. Because whenever I encounter him, wisdom arises within me. I know I've met my father because whenever I count him, I encounter him, a feeling of compassion arises within me. When I bite into an apple, I know I bit into an apple because a sweetness of taste happens in my mouth. So, so Rav Cook is saying, you're not serving God as a particular being. You're serving the attributes of God, which is all you know about Him. And therefore, serving God means to serve to bring the ideals. So, if a Kaddish Baruch Hu is compassionate relative to you, serving God means bringing compassion to the world. If a Kaddish Baruch Hu is the source of wisdom to you, then serving God means bringing wisdom to the world. Who doesn't want to do that? So this is a fine line, but it's totally changing everything. Whereby people are kind of fixated on making this particular being happy and getting him on my side and giving myself up to make him feel good about himself in this ridiculous. Serving Hashem means serving to bring divine attributes into the world. That's what it means to serve God. Who doesn't want to do that? 
Serving God simply means serving to bring all the ingredients of good into the world as good is manifest to you relative to who we are in this world. And, and that, people will say, okay. Otherwise, it sounds again like some ego bully being in heaven who's got his own agenda and it's, and it's about making him happy. It's not about making him happy. It's about making us happy and making everybody else happy. Because the more I can bring into the world the midos of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is all I know about him relative to me, relative to me, Hashem is manifest as compassionate. Relative to me, Hashem is manifest as just. Relative to me, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is manifest as the source of peace. So for me, all I know about a Kaddish Baruch Hu are those attributes, those ideals, those good values. And so that's what it means to serve Hashem, is to bring His his, his midos into the world. So a lot of people think that, that Judaism is about spiritualizing the material. We make a bracha on our food to make it more spiritual. Maybe. But really, Yiddishkeit is not about spiritualizing the material. It's about materializing the spiritual. Take the midah of ava, which is abstract, and concretize it. Turn it into a hug. Turn it into a smile. Take the midah of chesed, which is abstract, and turn it into the motion of your hand going into your pocket and pulling out $10 and handing it to the homeless. It's about bringing the midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the world. Mitav HaKadosh Baruch Hu Asadirah what is the Kaddish Baruch? What does it mean Hashem wants to be in this world? You know, so there's this popular song, What if God was one of us on a bus? Right? <laughs> Again, it's this over-personification of Hashem as if, I, as if I know Him objectively. I don't know Him or anybody else objectively. I only know Him subjectively relative to me and that's the mitos that I encounter relative to me. And so that's what Rukuk is saying here. As long as the concept of serving Hashem is defined as a service directed to a particular being, dissociated from the acknowledgement of the ideals, which are an integral part of the very essence of the service. It's about the ideals. When I meet Hashem, then the ideals become manifest of compassion, of chesed, of emes. It will not free itself from the immature outlook which is always focused on particular beings. This is what happens in the Christian world. They are fixated on the persona of Yoshka. It's all about Yoshka. It's all about him and their relationship to him. And um, and I remember <laughs> I was in the library of Yeshiva de Kotel, and a guy was singing Akadosh Baruch Hu Anachnu Avimotcha. And, um, and Rav Hadari walked by he said because of that song Mashiach won't come <laughs> he said like something really chazak and it's like this over personification of being wrapped in a personality called God rather than invested in the midas of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. that's what he wants that's why you have a, a piece that says Hashem says leave me and just keep my Torah I'd rather you leave me and keep my Torah because what does it really mean to serve me 
is served to bring my midos to the world, my ideals to the world, my vision of the world. And so Heschel has a very strong teaching. He says, Torah is not man's vision of God. It's God's vision of man and what he wants us to become. And so, so, so this is the switch. Otherwise, it's a, it's a fancy form of Avodah Zorah. It's just a conceptual, abstract Avodah Zorah. Avodah Zorah next had a particular you know, statue on their, you know, on their, the dashboard of their car, you know. And so now a person has a conceptual statue of a Kodesh Baruch Hu and, and, but I, all I know about a Kodesh Baruch Hu is his mitos. So I asked, I asked Talmudim, who here loves life? Everybody loves life. Okay. Who here loves wisdom? Everybody loves wisdom. Give out. Who here loves kindness? Everybody loves kindness. Terrific. Who here loves Emes? Everybody loves Emes. Terrific. Guess what? You love Hashem. What's this got to do with Hashem? That's all we know about Hashem. That's all, all I know about Hashem is His Midos as they manifest to me in my relationship to Him. And so if you love life, so what does it mean to love Hashem? So when you over-personify Hashem and you think He's a particular being, you think, i got to love Hashem. How am I going to do that? I mean, we have to go out. Maybe we'll take a walk in Central Park. And maybe we'll fall in love. You already love Hashem. Because all you know about Hashem is His Midos. If you love life, and you love Chachma, and you love Bina, and you love Das, and you love Chesed, and you love Gvura, that's what it means to love Hashem. And what about fearing Hashem? Do you fear losing life? Sure. Do you fear losing wisdom from your life? Losing that opportunity to have wisdom in your life? Sure, I would never want to lose that. That's here. I'm not scared of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that's going to hurt me. And that kind of yira is actually a symptom of ava. I love life so much, I'd never do anything that would compromise the presence of life in my life. I don't want my life not to be filled with life. That's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ki hu He is your life. And so when people say, Rabbi Aaron, do you feel God in your life? Yeah. Of course. If you feel life in your life, if you feel wisdom in your life, you know, a little while ago, I did something really smart. I closed the door on my finger. <laughs> my finger was still in the door and it closed. And it had this like serious cut in my finger. I didn't need stitches. And over a period of a month, I just saw it heal. I said, whoa, look at that chachma. I am filled with Chachma. I didn't do anything. It just did it. That's a Kodesh Baruch I'm doing that. I see Chachma. You don't see Chachma? So when people say, I don't feel Hashem, because you think He's a particular being somewhere over there, you're never going to meet a particular being. You're only going to meet the attributes of a Kodesh Baruch And so when you feel meaning in your life, that means you're in a relationship with a Kodesh Baruch when you feel aroused and inspired to do chesed, that means you, you have the present Kodesh Baruch in your life. And so, to feel a Kodesh Baruch in your life is not complicated. You've been feeling him all along. You just didn't know that was him. Because you think he's somebody in Shemayim. And you're wondering, how am I going to feel him? 
In Shemaim, I guess when I get there. No, but a Kodesh comes to the world through his Midos. Now look at over here. On the, on, the, on, the, on the other side, Rav Tzadok. Rav Tzadok, number four. Iker advekus ba'ashem yitbarach k'mo sh'amru v'ki efshar li davek ba'ashem The Iker is dvekus. Can you have dvekus with Hashem? And so they talk about a person who marries the daughter of Talmud Chochem. V'zeh v'ama'aret k'shenidbak v'talmid chacham But then, v'atalmid chacham k'shedavuk b'torah who davuk b'kodesh b'hashem yitparach kioraita v'kotshabichu chad hakodesh baruch hu is Torah. Now Torah is not a kodesh baruch because the kodesh baruch is infinitely much more than Torah. The kodesh baruch hu is the wisdom of Torah. So when a person is learning Torah and the wisdom of Torah is infused into their being, that's the presence of a kodesh baruch in your life. And he says, Ki Hashem Yitbrach Hu V'chachmato V'retzono Echad. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have Midos. Because then you would be applying plurality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu this HaKadosh Baruch Hu plus his Midot. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have super added to his essence Midot. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Chachma. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Chayim. Now, Chachma is not HaKadosh Baruch Hu because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is much more than that. But when you have Chachma in your life, that's a Kaddish Baruch. And to serve Kaddish Baruch Hu means to bring more Chachma to the world. And when you have Emes in your life, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is Emes. And when you serve to bring more Emes into the world, more realness, more authenticity, you're bringing a Kaddish Baruch into the world. And when you're sitting there learning Gemara, or, or whatever Torah you're learning, you're literally connecting to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, because a Kaddish Baruch Hu is that Chachma. Because relative to you, that's all you know about the Kodesh Baruch Hu, are his midos. And so, he says, Kamosher Ketav HaRabbah, Rambam says this, V'atorah hu chachmatov v'ritzonel v'adavuk v'adavuk v'ashem yitbarach. So people have over-mystified what it means to be in a connection to Hashem because they still have what Rav Kook calls a conceptual idolatry of God is a particular being over there that I'm trying to get to. And Rav Kook says that's childish. That's childish. The child thinks that when he touches the table, he touched the table. You'll never touch the table as it is. You can only touch the table as it appears relative to you. And so too, all you know about Kodesh Baruch Hu as, is a Kodesh Baruch Hu as he becomes manifest relative to us, which you call his Midos. So that's what it means to serve a shadow. What do you mean Science will say, and this is Kantian, do I perceive reality as it is, or do I perceive my perception of reality? Okay? We used to think that our brains are like cameras. And what we're seeing is the table as it is. You're not seeing the table as it is. I'll prove it to you. If I could give you glasses that gave you microscopic vision, you wouldn't see this table. It wouldn't be solid. In fact, most of this table is space. The space between the atoms of the table, they say, is the size of at least a football field. So you see something solid 
is the table solid or not? Is the table stationary or dynamic? The table as it is, in essence, will never know. Late Machshavah Tfisa Bey, even the table. But how the tables manifest to me is relative to me. If I'm looking at the table through a microscope, I'm going to see something very different than what you're seeing. And so, when you understand that Hashem as He is, you'll never know Him as He is. You'll only know Him as He appears to you, relative to who you are. And therefore, God as you know Him is the only way you can serve Him. And all you know about Him are His midos. And so to serve God would mean to serve Chachma, because He is His Chachma, relative to us. And so that's what that meant. We finish this off. So the mature outlook calls for the formulation of divine ideals, to refine them, to try and strengthen them, to actualize them in the life of the individual, of the nation, of the world. And that's what it means to serve God. To serve God is to serve good and bring more good into the world. And that's what it means to serve God. Who doesn't want to do that? Ask a person, do you, do you know, when somebody says, do you believe God created the world? Yeah, I believe good created the world. Because relative to me, all I know about God is that He is the source of all goodness. And so, what does it mean that Hashem created the world? It means to believe that good created the world. What does it mean to serve Hashem? It means to serve, to bring good into the world. What does it mean to be, to be committed to Hashem? It means I want good to reign over this world. I want the ideals of the Ein Sof, the ideas of Elokus, and that's all I know about Hashem, to reign over this world. But the reason why people don't believe in God is because they're so much more sophisticated. And they think, well, says there's some guy over there that I have to make happy. He's got some issue with his ego. He needs me to praise him. I have to be obedient to him. Because they have this childish understanding of God is Baruch as some particular being, I don't, I, I don't understand Kodesh Baruch Hu. I just know when I meet a Kodesh Baruch Hu, then that arouses within me the desire to be kind and compassionate. And therefore to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu would mean to bring more of that feeling and that practical effect into the world. And that's what it would mean to serve Hashem. It is indeed well known according to the deeper understandings of Torah. Even the names of Hashem do not designate the essence of God. But rather the divine ideas, ideals, the attributes. Every shame Hashem correlates to an attribute. Yud Kei Vav Kei correlates to compassion. So if I'm serving Yud Kei Vav Kei, I'm serving to bring Rachamim in the world. If I'm serving Elohim, I'm serving to bring justice into the world. And who doesn't, who doesn't want to do that? So you can have some amazing atheists that are so moral and they're out there fighting for tikkun olam and they're telling you they don't believe in God. <laughs> and they don't want God in their life. Guess what? You're an Oved Hashem. No way. Me? Chas v'shalom. No, you're a big Oved Hashem. I remember I met a guy and he worked for Greenpeace. His whole life was Greenpeace, you know, to fight nuclear stuff and all that. And so he came to visit his son, his brother at a Bolshev Yeshiva. He wasn't from. And so he meets with a Rav, 
And the Rav says, you're wasting your time. You should be sitting and learning Torah. This guy's whole life was Greenpeace. He traveled the earth. He went to court against uh, against companies to protect the environment. And the Rav tells him that that he should he should get with it and be an Ovid Hashem. <laughs> you know, he's not an Ovid Hashem. So his, he, he was really turned off. So Baruch Hashem, his brother said, "No, go talk to Rabbi Aaron." I spoke to him. I said, "You're so holy." what you're doing you know you're a lawyer and you're not taking any money and you so care about the world you're going around protecting the environment you're such an Ovid Hashem you're really a holy humble servant of God and you know what maybe it would enhance if you also would learn a little bit imagine if you went in there and and you and 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 you were wearing a kippah, and you said, "There's something really holy about this," and that already began to to resonate with him. But to say to a person, "You're wasting your time." I know a guy; he's a phenomenal piano player. A Rav told him, "It's bittul Torah. You should stop." The guy's whole life was piano. He's a balchuva. I went to Rav Shlomo Fisher. I said. What should I say? The guy's broken. He said, tell him that I'm tone deaf. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to do much for the music of the Beis English. So I'm so happy he's practicing. And I want to, he should encourage, he should continue to do good learning and good playing of music. So people have so confined what it means to be an Ovid Hashem. So we finish off. This ideal concept will always broaden in the spirit and elevate it while the concept of the slave-like service, which will involve service to a particular being, detached from ideals. It's not about ideals. I just got to make this God happy and get him off my back. Can fall to the level of idolatry. Number six, the concept of service to a particular being without the affirmation of ideals which emanate from the divine source is the most primitive concept because it emerges from a childish stage of reasoning. At a time when a person does not yet distinguish between a particular being and its attributes. I think I know the table. I don't know the table. I'll never know the table. I know the attributes of the table as it's relative to me. And that's what I'm serving. I know Hashem because in my relationship to Hashem, I know Hashem as the source of compassion. To serve Hashem means to be compassionate. All his relationships seem to him, therefore, is directed only to a being in an aspect of particularity detached from the attributes. I gotta make Hashem happy. I gotta. I, I'm, a, I'm scared of him. He's gonna hurt me. I should be afraid that I'm losing the opportunity of bringing Chesed into the world, bringing more purpose to the world. But after a person acquires the mature outlook and realizes that every being in the world is to be comprehended only on the basis of attributes and one relationship to them, the concept of serving Hashem, when conceived in this manner, also becomes exalted. It invests in the person with it invests the person with vitality, vitalizing energy. Serving God is not this experience where I'm nothing and I've got to make him feel so great by telling him that I'm nothing. Rather, serving God lifts the human being 
by giving the human being a great sense of purpose that I can bring the Midos HaElikios into the world. So let's hear some questions. We have eight minutes to get to Marv. So let's take one question. Yeah. Well, it's on tape. So if serving Hashem means living by these attributes and bringing... Living his attributes into the world. So yes. then where's the place of learning Torah? And That's what Torah does. Torah helps you understand what is the Ratzon and the Midas of Akadosh Baruch Hu. And Akadosh Baruch Hu is his Ratzon. And what is his Ratzon? Tov Hashem Lekol Rachabav Akol That is the Klal of his Ratzon. And the details of halacha is how to make that real in the world. Because Baruch Hu wants you to do that. That's his, that's his mission. And over the Shem means I work for God. I'm not a slave. I work for Hashem. And what holy work do I do? I bring Hashem into this world. What do I know about Hashem? All I know about Hashem is Hashem is He's manifest to me, relative to me, which is His Midos. So to serve Hashem means to serve to bring his midos into the world. And every detail of halacha is uh, uh, facilitating that. How do I... I don't understand how every detail does that. But that's the science of, of, of Yiddishkeit. The science of Yiddishkeit is uh, it's a science of how to channel the presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in the world. And the presence of Kaddish Baruch Hu in the world is not a particular being walking around on the bus. All I know about Hashem is his midos. And that's what I want to bring to the world. And that's what it means. When you explain this to people, they, they say, oh, look, I might not be willing to do that, but I respect that. But when people think that you're some religious nut that's, that's got this God that you're trying to placate and you're trying to manipulate so that he should be kind to you and not hurt you, that's an insult to their intelligence. Well, I, I, I'm not going to live my life that way. I do good. That's what people say. I don't believe in God. I do good. Guess what? <laughs> That's exactly what Yerushka is about. Do good, but there's a very specific science of how one does good. But they think you're trying to make God happy. And they, I do good. I'm not like you religious fanatics. Rav Kook is saying no. To serve Hashem means to serve to bring the good meters of a Kodesh Baruch to the world. So let's go do that. <laughs> and go definitely. So you can ask me questions on our way out. Pardon? Those who wrote halacha. Yeah. Right? Like when the Mishnah was written or anything like this, did they have this perspective also, or were they oblivious? You know, like I assume they do. I, 